0: I, I do have a word uh, that I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart for us tonight. Jonathan asked me a few weeks ago if I had a word and just almost immediately the scripture came to mind, Matthew 10, 39. Um, we are a church, we're all family, so this is gonna be kind of a group participation thing tonight. So to start with, I'm gonna hand out Little slips of paper that have scripture written on them. So uh, take one, and as I talk, I'm going to ask for somebody to read some of these scriptures. Some of them I'll, I'll have uh, up here. Um, and you have to pay attention. If you if I if you're not paying attention, I call a scripture, you'll mess me up. So. Um, I wanna talk about uh, our identity. Uh, I wanna talk about who we were and who we are. Um, if we ask Mr. Google, which I did this week, there are so many books on, written on identity that it can't be numbered, but it's in the tens and multiple tens of thousands. This is a big deal in the field of psychology. In fact, it's probably the main thing that psychologists will talk about, our identity. Who are we? And this isn't a new thing. The the Greeks, 2,500 years ago, they said, know yourself. We've all heard that, know thyself. That came from the Greeks. So man has always, we, we've we always had this question, who am I, what am I doing here? And obviously our d- identity is an important thing. And so I uh, when we read this scripture, Matthew uh, 10, 39, um, Jesus says this about our identity. He says, Whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And I'll tell you, this scripture at face value, it it can almost be a little offensive. It, It flies in the face seems to fly in the face of man's search for identity. God is saying, you need to give your, Jesus is saying, you need to give yourself up. So, why did Jesus say this? Um, and it turns out there's good cause for this. Um, and so, we'll begin at the beginning. Uh, Genesis one 26, and 27. God's been busy making the earth. Uh, He's been at it for six days. And here he is now at the beginning of the sixth day. And he says this. He says, let's make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over livestock, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. Now, I think it's important when we think about our image, we need to understand scripturally what we're composed of and so Paul actually lays this out in uh, in Thessalonians 1st Thessalonians five twenty three. 23 it says now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely listen may your whole spirit soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when God made us in his image, he made three components and put them together and he called it a man. We have a spirit, we have a soul, we have our body. Um, Our spirit, you might go ahead and put that slide up, Dina. Wow, that's really good. I gave her a doctor-like written note thing of that, which you're fortunate she did this because this this looks. We may not have been able to read the other thing. Um, so our our spirit, that's the part of us that communes with God. That's our conscience. This is Christ in us, our hope of glory. That's in our spirit, man. We have a soul. Our soul is our mind, will, it's our emotion. The soul is kind of the go-between between our spirit and our body. And our body, that's the part you bring to me when, it get, when you get sick. Um, that's the thing you can see in front of you. So when God created Adam, it, the, the red circles up above, that represents God. God is what we call tripartite. There's three parts of God, the Father, Son, and the Spirit, just like man is tripartite, spirit, body, soul. When God makes Adam, he walks with him, and he does this by communing with his Spirit. And we can see here, this is represented here, this is before the fall. God's Spirit walks with man's spirit. This is when God is walking with Adam in the cool of the afternoon in the Garden of Eden. This is their two spirits coming together. This is Jesus Christ in us now. So we're one. Now, everything's going along good in the garden. They're communing, they're sharing this commonality of spirit. But in the course of things, God tells Adam something in Genesis two, sixteen, and seventeen. Who has that scripture? Can you read that? And the Lord God commanded up a man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good of evil. When you eat from it, you will certainly die. So God puts two trees in the Garden of Eden. We know this story. The tree of life. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he says, I don't want you to eat these. When you do this, if you do this, you'll die. Well, we all know what happens. Adam succumbs and he eats the fruit. And so, do you have that next slide, Dina? When, when Adam eats the fruit, He suddenly has wisdom that he should not have had. He knows the difference between good and evil now. Before that, he didn't. Uh, But now he knows the difference between good and evil, and because he knows that, now there is a law. There's a law that he has to follow. Um, And so, what happens at the moment Adam eats of the the uh, uh, Tree of knowledge of good and evil suddenly The spirit which previously had had mastery over his life Succumbs to the body and the soul and Adam becomes a fleshy man and the body and the soul begin to rule and reign in his life and when that happens It creates a division between God and Adam. And this is the spiritual death. God said, if you eat this tree, you're going to die. And sure enough, there's a spiritual death that happens. And Adam loses that image of God in him. Now he becomes his own being. Uh, and, and there's scripture that, uh, that will bear this out. If we look at Genesis 5.3, can you put that up, Dina? This, uh, this is the end of kind of a, 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 a genealogy. And it says, Adam lived 130 years. He fathered a son in his own likeness. Not in God's image if 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 Adam was in God's image his son would have been In God's image, but he's not look at this his son is in Adam's image and it, it Demonstrates this idea that suddenly Adam is separated from God. We have this spiritual separation um, Who has um, Romans 5 12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so desperately only because of sin. Yeah. Our great, 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 Grandpa Adam sinned, and when he did, he bore children in his image, not in the image of God. And this is us. This is us before our salvation. We, we are in the image of Adam. Um, who has uh, 1 Corinthians 15 22. Yeah, in Adam, all die. Adam ate the fruit of the tree, and so there was a spiritual death. And because we are sons and daughters of Adam before salvation, we die too. So at the time of our salvation, here's what happens. We undergo a a spiritual circumcision. Our body's cut free from our spirit, and it restores our spirit to its original uh, position of authority over, fle- uh, over the flesh. Uh, Colossians two eleven through 12. Do you have that, Dana? So in him you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by the putting off of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. You've been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. So we are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, putting off the body of flesh. And so at the time of our salvation, when we accept Jesus Christ in the work of the cross, we are restored to our proper original intended image um who has second corinthians 5:17 Yep. therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creature old things are passed away old things yeah so we're a new creature so at the time of our salvation Adam is, cruci- Adam is crucified and we become a new creation. And actually that new creation is our original image bearing, or origin- we, we are uh, bearing the image of God as we were uh, originally intended to. Um, so, when, when Jesus says, in Matthew 10:39 he says you have to give up your life to find it i think what he's talking about is salvation it's believing in the work of the cross because when that happens the adam in us dies and we're restored to our original image uh, and our original purpose so You know, many times I've I've read this scripture, you know, and I think, man, uh, I I I wish I could really, I I wish I could really give up, you know, do what Christ says here. Just um, find my life by losing it, and lose my life for Jesus Christ. So here's the thing: it's already done. It's a done deal. It's not something we can work up and try and make happen. When Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ, and you read that and you think, oh, I want to work towards that, we're already there. You are crucified with Christ. This should be reassuring to us as believers. Now, here's the thing, we still have some flesh in us. And sometimes it can really get ugly. Uh, Romans seven. Do you you have that scripture, Dina? Romans seven fifteen through twenty-five. Got it up there. This is. uh, Have you all heard this called the doo doo chapter? I, I had never. Sam Sam introduced me to that terminology. Says this is Paul. So this is the guy who wrote two-thirds of the Bible. You would think this guy's got it figured out. So here's what Paul says. He says, I do not understand my actions. I I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law, and that's good. So now it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have a desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. This reads like a Shakespearean tragedy. You can sense as you read this, Paul is torn. And... I've been here. I'm here a lot. You know, I want to do the right thing, but I don't. And I don't want to do this thing, but I do. Everybody, anybody been there? Anybody been there this week? Anybody been there today? Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. The next verse, I don't have it up there. There's no condemnation. No, oh, that's more of the same. Uh, I'm talking Romans 1. I'm not going to read through all this. Romans 1. 8, Romans 8 1. There's no condemnation. When we're in Christ, there's no condemnation. We're his image bearers, regardless of how much we fail and fall. There's grace. And that's good news for us as believers. So here's the thing, we're, um, we're His image bearers, there's no condemnation, but we've still got this flesh in us that we have to deal with. And so from a practical standpoint, what does this look like? This is the part that's always frustrating to me. It's okay, you know, I'm crucified, but I still got this flesh. What do I do with it? What does this look like from a practical standpoint? Um, John 15, uh, 4 through 5. Did I give you that, Dina, or did I give that to somebody? You, You have that, Dina? This is Jesus talking. He says, abide in me, I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So here's the thing, to crucify our flesh, we have to abide. But again, the question is, how do we abide? What does that look like from a practical standpoint? This part's going to hurt a little bit. Um, I want to talk about time. Um, I think the most precious commodity we are given while we're here on Earth is time. And I think what we do with our time is a direct reflection of who we are and where our priorities lie. And so from a practical standpoint, we want to truly walk with Christ and we want to live this crucified life and we want to do away with flesh in our life. We have to spend some time with him um and there are there are different ways we can spend our time. Uh, did, who has Psalms forty six ten? Did I somebody have that? Sean? Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Yeah, sorry. I will be exalted among the nations, I will be exalted in the earth. Yeah. Be still and know that I am God. This is a lost art in our society. We do not know how to be still. I do not know how to be still. It, uh, we, we are taught if we're not doing something you know we're, we're wasting time, we're wasting time. David understood and, it, and, and this was something that they really understood a lot better 4,000 years ago or so in, in David's time, this idea of being still and meditating um, does anybody anybody here practice that as a part of their devotional life just meditating good good yeah some of you a little bit a little bit yeah can you have music yes <laughs> you can have music meditation is just it, it's Awkward for us because we aren't trained in how to do it, and it's something you have to practice It's and it, and I it's something I've been practicing for oh, the last four or five years and it really Has affected my walk with God in a very positive way, and it's and it's simply this be quiet Think on God and listen to him all you do and i'll tell you it's awkward it's really awkward at first and so when you when you start out five minutes can seem like an hour but i would encourage you to pursue this and make it part of your devotional life Um, i think you will find it really enriches your walk with the father the, um, and, and, and if, just a, a reference, has everybody read Celebration of Discipline or heard the book Celebration of Discipline by Foster? Um, he, he actually was a professor at Friends. Um, uh, it's a very good book, Celebration of Discipline. One of the chapters is on meditation and, and he really goes into depth on this and, and, and it's what really taught me how to meditate. Uh, and I don't, I'm not there. I'm still working on it. But uh, but I would recommend that to anybody who wants to uh, practice meditating with their father. Uh, who has 1 Thessalonians 5.17? Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Everybody do that? I don't be the first to confess. I'm still working on that. Uh, But I think what Paul is telling us is we need, we're we're to be a people of prayer. Um, And I think we can have an attitude of prayer uh, in a lot of different situations if, if we really concentrate on that. It takes some work. And again, I'm not there, but I'm working on it. So meditation, prayer. Who has Psalms 119.11? Mike. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Yeah, scripture. Um, so from a practical standpoint, walking this out, how do we spend our time? Meditation, prayer, uh, and scripture. And I will tell you, when I talk about spending time, it's going to be different for all of us. My daughter, Savannah, does not have the time that I do to spend in scripture and prayer and, and meditation. If she, I, I bet there are days she's lucky to get in five minutes. And you know what? That's okay. Uh, God doesn't measure time the way that we do. And so there is no condemnation no guilt for how much time you spend. it's what God tells you to do but if we want to walk with him and we want to live this crucified life it's going to require some time Uh, and, and, and I will tell you sometimes I don't want to do it anybody like that? Sometimes I wake up in the morning and I know, okay, I need to sit and I need to read a psalm and read a devotional. I do not want to do it. Um, And you know what? God's, God's not surprised. He's not put off by that. When that happens, just admit it. God, I know I should do this. I don't have it in me. And he will give you strength. He understands our weakness and, uh, and he, he walks with us in spite of our weakness. So back to the original scripture, when Jesus says, lose your life, I think what he's telling us is, I wanna restore you to who I made you to be. The life we're losing is the Adam life that's, that's in us. We're losing our flesh life and we're re- being restored God's image bearers so it's a good thing it's a good thing when he says to do this and the other thing i would tell you it's not something we have to work up it's already done it's an already a done deal so church we should be encouraged by that we are his image bearers our flesh is crucified um and uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a good position to be in, but we have to put in the effort to, to maintain that position. We've got to spend the time, we've got to spend the time. So that's all I have to say.